and Ken, um, you know, just fucking be stronger. Stop being so weak. <laughs> Stop being so weak. Okay. <laughs> to get this guy some vitamins. <laughs> the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Gold with your host, Ken Ken. Welcome to another version of the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. And if you're listening right now, you can understand that you're probably hearing something a little bit different at the start of the show. It is not our regular man, Ken, behind the mic. He is sick. He was making it with the Easter Bunny yesterday and drinking too much whiskey. And it has left his voice unlistenable. I don't know if that's a word, listenable. But we get to make fun of him because he can't talk very much on the show, but we will hear from him a little bit uh, out there. But starting off the show here, going to have a lot of stuff to kick it into. But, of course, as always, myself, Ryan Gold, and then my counterpart, my West Coast, similar, about 25, 30 pounds lighter, maybe even more after yesterday, my good friend, my buddy, Ryan, the new Lockhart. Lockhart, what's going on, bud? Well, lighter because of all the skin I've lost off my ass and my hands. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? We might as well get into that because we, we, we got to hear about it. You rode the big kahuna. Um, yeah. and, um, and for those who don't know what that is, it's basically a huge off-road event at Kamloops where one of the Triple Crown Series rounds is. It's an off-road slash motocross thing because there's not a lot of trail there, I believe, Newf, right? It's, it's uh, all. You're, it's, you're in the woods for about five to six minutes. Okay, okay. But the majority yeah. of it's all man-made, right, with tires and logs and Grass, grass track is the, the biggest part of it. You're in this grass, like when you pull into the loops there, right on the right-hand side, that massive field, there's about, probably about, I don't know, seven to seven or so minutes of fucking dusty sand or grass track, grass track over there. So Wow. How long? Okay. Well, then let's just get right into this. Before I do, I know Ken can't talk a lot, but Ken, how much are we about to hear Noof complain about this nope. event? <laughs> probably quite yeah, a bit yeah. i would imagine it doesn't sound all that fun to me <laughs> <laughs> all right now let's get into this the big kahuna give us your uh your take on the whole event because it is pretty cool and it's always something that gets a lot of attention because it's never up against any motocross race it's a beginning year and it's uh you got a, a bunch of big names do it as well yeah so i'm not going to complain this year because you obviously heard me complain last year so uh it's my I'm, my own stupidity for doing it again but Basically, yeah, like you said, it's uh, so like T Dags was there. His lap time is about 14 and a half minutes. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, so 14 and a half minutes so that, that consists of grass track, woods, enduro cross, motocross. So it's, it's not a GNCC type of event. It's more, I guess, you'd compare it to like uh, works or something like that, right? And yeah, but they do in the US. So, um, so last year was the biggest turnout they ever had. Um, they had 460 individual riders, right? Because you only ride one class. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. This year, 580. Holy crap. Man, it was it was insane. But they, they were last year they were caught off guard, and it was a bit of a 
shit show, and they would even admit that. Um, so this year they split things up a lot more. Basically, the event started on Friday. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, the kids race on Saturday. Meston race, so he goes 45 minutes, um, which is kind of cool because you actually have to stop for fuel. So the kids think that that's pretty cool. So they do a modified course, right? They're not yeah. doing the same course that everybody kind of. So expert, masters, expert, and vet expert do the do the longest course if that makes sense um and man it was it was tough i actually uh, so it's a dead engine start um in in my class i think there was about 48 guys just like lined up uh you wrote vet or pro or what class i wrote vet expert so okay, vet expert so vet expert's kind of funny because it's like fucking Guy Giroux is in there and uh uh, Shane Cuthbertson, like it's a it's a pretty fast class. And yeah, yeah, we, those. We were the third wave um, because they do it in waves. So masters go first, experts uh, go second, and then and then uh, vet expert third. And uh, I pulled the whole shot actually, which is surprising because I'm not like a no recluse or anything like that. So dead engine starts. So I got a hundred dollars for the whole shot. Of nice. work. And I was a hero for about uh, 28 minutes. I led. Me and Cuthbertson were battling. And basically, the body started shutting down. And <laughs> the PBRs from Friday and Saturday were not sitting well. And um, I got to two hours and 18 minutes, and I completely just fucking destroyed myself. And the grass track crashed, tore my grip off fucking bent my levers and uh i was a dnf on the weekend oh wow i didn't, didn't realize it was a dnf okay because um, what happens is i would have had ended up going i would have been out there for three hours total because depend, depending <laughs> depending where you're at like when you cross the timing loop or when tyler yeah. crosses the timing loop so tyler lapped me but he wasn't gonna lap me again so I, when I crashed, man, I, I kind of tweaked my shoulder a bit. I'm like, there's no fucking way that I'm going another two laps here. Like, this is, yeah, I was done. So, so I, you, uh, you gave up in front of your child. Like, what kind of precedent is that set? No, man? I know. I wasn't, uh, like, it's not a proud, <laughs> it's not a proud moment. But when the, when the body gets into that kind of state, like, it, it's not enjoyable like we don't we don't do we don't do that like man my guts my guts were hurting my hands were hurting my head was hurting you know when your ears start to ring like yeah. oh my ears were ringing it's awful yeah and i i had to stop twice for fuel but when i crashed out i was in third i was not i was gonna get um yeah i would have been top four top three right i mean i was i was dropping fast at the end right so um but anyways, Cusperson won. won. won by yeah. a fucking mile. Yeah, once right. he once he got going, I mean, he's he's an animal. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. he had, a, I think, he finished like sixth overall in the everybody. whole thing. Nice. Yeah, like he he's an animal. And the thing is, is like it is quite motocrossy, if that makes sense. But for us moto guys, we're usually struggling by the time we get to the moto track, so we're using the moto track to kind of recover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, great event overall. Like I said, man, five hundred and eighty riders in like for a Canadian event. I mean, that's huge. That's awesome. Man. Um, that's yeah. I mean, the only one that rivals that is the Corduroy, which is here in Ontario, and yeah. it is a similar type thing, but not. It is um, literally the grossest event. Yeah, that you can, it's like just puddle water and underwaters and tunnels, and it doesn't yeah. have. It's got a little bit of motocross too, and so that. But I think last year they were like 
480 or something like that. They've been up too, so they maybe they'll see a resurgence. But that's that's just awesome to hear. And I mean, you know, that's a great um, kickoff to the year. That's basically the first event across the the country in Canada. Yeah, and uh, um, to have, to hear that kind of following and and what would you say was you know racer guys that you? I mean, obviously you know more people, but racer guys that are going to be at Future West is round one compared to the off-road guys. Was it was it a mix of both, or was it more off-road and, and, mo- and motocross guys yeah, having fun? Or way way more off-road, obviously, right? Yeah. But, I mean, with us canceling, we had to cancel mission, which ended up being the right call. We like it's what we're flying out down here now. Um, but yeah, we probably had about sixty moto guys come, right? Like in the in the masters, it was like. Uh, uh, T Dags, obviously, not that he was coming to Future West, but T Dags, Parker Eels, uh, Hoyer, um, Kyle Springman did it, Davey Fraser did it, uh, myself and, and, and the vet. Um, yeah, there was probably about 60 moto guys all together that came, which we don't go to any other. Off- that's that's the only one, <laughs> basically. One and done. One and done a year. One and done a year. But man, like Tyler. I mean, the, so Tristan Hart was supposed to race again this year. Oh, yeah, so he, I was gonna say, up, he wasn't there. No, he ended up – he was there hanging out. Um, he ended up wadding up. He was there practicing last week because he, he got beat pretty bad by Tyler there last year, which is a little bit surprising, but not really because it is so fast. It's not hard enduro shit. You're not getting off your bike uh, carrying it or anything like that. Yeah, like he, he, he wins that corduroy the one I talked about. He won the Yeah, because it's nasty, yeah. shitty. This There's no mud. My bike is not even dirty, right? Like, it's just dry and whatever. But um, Tyler won. I don't even know. I'd have to pull up the results. But Tyler was fucking gone. Like, when he lapped me, I went another two laps before the second-place guy even lapped me. So he – wow. I don't know, was he 10, 10 minutes ahead? Eight minutes ahead. Of, Haley was just yelling at me here. Eight, eight and a half minutes he won. Eight and a half minutes he won by, which is basically over a half a lap for him because he was 14, 14 and a half minutes per lap. Wow. Um, Very cool. Thing, but, but he is full on. Like He had his mechanic here. Uh, he had full off-road suspension, big tank, uh, just like – typical Tyler right like all in when he when he does it but uh yeah he fucking yeah he killed him so well sounds like a great event you got a sore bum a beat up bike maybe a disappointed son and do you do you have a belly full of McDonald's like you did last year no I uh I used that hundred dollars I went to A&W oh nice two team burgers (laughs) no I'm not a huge A&W fan I don't like it as much really but anyways um yeah, all in all, it was good, right? Good, times. good weekend. Got some moto practice in on Friday because they had the moto track opened up. And yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, five hundred and eighty riders. <laughs> That's amazing. Good job. Well, con- congrats to T Dags out there. We'll kind of talk about him as we get into our regular sort of uh, regular scheduled information. I had to give Noof his little chat because he wanted to talk about this, and and uh, no complaints at all by the sounds of it. Noof, it sounds like everybody should go and just have a great time, and it's the best event ever. Uh, I wouldn't say the best. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, good to be over with. Oh, well, as we're rolling into that, we'll get into uh, a little bit of love. Of course, got to give some shout out to the guys that support the show here. Bristol Coachworks, 
Uh, you can find them on Instagram there at Versus Coach Works. They got a YouTube channel with tons of cool things where they showcase all these badass moto vans they build, all these uh, adding accessories to trailers or vans or any kind of cool thing. They got a paint booth in there to paint stuff up as well. Bristol Coach Works, big shout out to those guys. Thank you so much. Uh, CGR suspension and race tech suspension. Noose, did you know that you can get the same get great product settings and services that race tech offers locally to you with the tuner to drive and like to see you at local racetrack? Did you know this, Noof? Uh Yeah. Are you are you aware? I have race tech. I, I know. I know. That's what I was leading to. Thank you. Thank you for giving Mr. Uh, obvious there. <laughs> um, but does it work better at the 10 minute mark of a big kahuna or the two and a half hour mark of the big kahuna? Uh, no <laughs> suspension works good at the big kahuna. <laughs> there Sorry, it is, Charlie. But my setting was not uh, <laughs> up to par. Oh, well, there you go. Well, hey, you can go in. That now it's uh, we'll be late here Monday. You can call them up and say, hey, we got to work on this. We've got 365 <laughs> days to get focused on the next big kahuna. Uh, and then last but not least, of course, Hus- uh, Husqvarna Canada, the simple, progressive, accessible, and dynamic of Husqvarna Canada. Gas Gas Canada, the daring, capable, vibrant, and inviting, inviting Gas Gas Canada. And the bike of choice for Ryan Lockhart, the KTM 350, purity, performance, adventure, and extreme Thank you so much to those three guys right there. They are the top three supporters of our show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, now, Noof, let's get into the big news here. Uh, obviously, two weeks ago, we did our show. Uh, we're talking two strokes and all the nonsense going on there. And then almost um, right after the show, a couple of days, we get uh, sort of a rumor. You actually kind of catch it first. I make the calls. I get confirmed answer. Ryder McNabb has a bile-mellory fracture. I'm definitely saying that wrong. Uh, apparently from it's apparently from the football. Um, it's a football injury because it's right at the bottom of the tib and fib. They're cracked. I saw the X-ray, which I'm probably sure you did as well. And so it looks to say everything. And uh, from what I've learned and talked to, I call. I talked to his dad. They're going to be going to Jim Fredrickson, who we know well. He's one of those vet guys that I raced out in uh, California as well as last year at the Transcan. He is a, a trainer to a very high community, whether it's NHL. Um, or uh, some big name guys in Alberta, so he's going to be going up and staying with him for the next like month to get the best treatment for the leg. You know, obviously get his quick recovery. But from what I gather, I'd say it's going to be at least till that maybe two week before round one till he could get on the bike. Um, and that's with everything going on. I think is perfect according to plan. Yes, he's only seventeen, so he should heal fast, but. Kind of crazy, Newf. Our champ is down tonight right now, and while well, things were going really well down south. Yeah, no, I mean, a huge bummer uh, for him and, and team and, and, and everything, but I was kind of thinking about this the other day. He, I mean, injuries in our sport, I mean, it's not uh, if, it's when, um, especially at that level and the amount of hours these guys are putting on the bikes in the off season and, and stuff like that, but um he he's been on riders hasn't really been hurt. I mean, obviously ever yeah. ever his his dad said ever? he has never broken a bone. This is his first crack or broken bone. Yeah, wow. so kind of crazy that you know he's gotten this far in his career um, without having anything major. Yeah, but it's gonna be tough. I mean, you know, obviously he's young, he's in shape, everything like that, and, and Jim Jimmy Boy there, I'm sure is gonna do everything in his power to get him back ready, but. Here, jumping on the bike, uh, just for the mental aspect of it, uh, let alone physical, that's going to be tough. Um, two weeks before, I mean, the, the probably the, the good news is is that the bike is kind of set, and it's not like he's doing a bunch of testing and, and everything like that, but uh, it could be a slow start. 
I mean, at first I'm like, ah, he'll be fine, but it could be a bit of a slow start for him. The one thing that did kind of get brought up, um, and I, I still haven't actually seen it announced or changed, but I'm, I'm we're about 95% sure that round one in Edmonton is going to be the sprint moto format now, yes. where it's not going, it was announced at Cam Loops at the beginning, yeah. but have you seen it actually announced? If I haven't actually seen it been put out there yet. No, it hasn't been announced, and I'm not exactly sure why it hasn't, but I was talking to Alec there, uh, MRC representative, um, and I asked him that, I, and he said, yes, no, it's it's confirmed. Okay, that, so. Uh, confirmed that, that Edmonton will be sprint motos, which makes sense, I guess, um, and then that Cam Leaps is back to uh, regular 30s. Uh, Ken, I know, you, like you said, you're kind of under the weather a little bit there, but just, you know, what do you think about this Ryder McNabb sort of scenario? Um, just as a fan's perspective. Well, it obviously really sucks because he was, uh, he was proving himself down there in the States. And I think all that confidence coming up kind of was looking forward to him coming out and just, uh, hitting the ground running right at the start of the series. But obviously that's going to be tough to do now with, uh, such little preparation, but like you guys yeah. said, I don't think it's going to be anything too uh, too crazy, and maybe the first couple of rounds. And Edmonton's going to be a weird round no matter what. So maybe he can take that round and just kind of get what he gets there, and then and by Kamloops maybe he's started rolling a little better. I don't know. Kenny just sounded like he's been on about a three day bender at some <laughs> local watering hole. <laughs> worse than me. I wish. Bed. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish I had a good um, reason yeah, for so, it. Yeah, um, so he's on the mend, going to get healed up, got some good uh, stuff behind his uh, to support him there. So we'll kind of keep tabs. And um, Brad doesn't seem to think it's going to be any held back, and he likes this. They're going to go home, get all the motor home and everything all cleaned up and get stuff ready to hit the road again. So he's like, it's kind of a, a kind of a little bit of a blessing uh, just because they can kind of just get things a little bit more organized for when they go uh, when they go full steam, right? The whole family will be living on the road again. Um, I got a chance to catch up with Quinn Amion a little bit. Um, just kind of through direct message in there. I was asking him about, you know, he's riding a 450 now. Um, he's obviously going to be racing 250 this summer, but they're just like trying not to put a ton of time on the race bikes and the 250 mm -hmm. practicing and stuff. I, I kind of like that news, but then I also like, man, does that hinder things at all? Because I mean, remember how the gap was between a 125 and a 252 stroke. It's a little bit more between that 250 and 450, the weight, the power, the everything. But I mean, these guys are great. They're, it's really not going to hold them back. Is it? No, I, I can go either way on that on that deal. I know that some of the team, obviously, from a budget standpoint, the 450 is much uh, more, you know, obviously cost effective to operate, especially when, like I had said, these guys are putting a shit ton of hours on the bikes this time of year. But at the same time, I, I'm like, man, you you're going, you're trying to be the 250 guy. Like you should probably ride that bike all the time, but. You know, I don't have an issue with it, like, early, early in the preseason when you're just kind of getting back into the outdoor swing or whatever you want to call it, put some time on a 450 to get the kind of your base built up. But, you know, you want to see these guys switch over. But, I mean, McNabb's been riding the 350 lots down south too, right? So, right. Um, you know, they're, yeah, it's kind of, I guess there, there's pros and cons to both. Um, I don't really see, you know, one way or another is better, but, you know, obviously riding a 250, 450 can wreck you a little bit, especially for these these guys because the intensity is just completely different, right? You put the 450 in third gear, you know, you can be a little bit lazy. I feel like sometimes you lose a little bit of that intensity, um, which clearly in that 250 class you don't want to lose, right? Well, and we brought up last round or last show there, one of those questions from one of the followers was, you know, who's going to be better, Amy or Racine? And, you know, from an outside looking in, 
if Racine is doing nothing but riding and focusing on one bike, you you know, just again, just for shits and giggles, you think that he may have that little bit of an advantage, but you know, time will tell once we get into that Edmonton uh, yeah. round. Um, uh, before I get into uh, the stuff that we heard from PRMX on the weekend, um, I thought it was kind of cool. I had a good conversation with Kyle Thompson, and um, uh, who was uh, basically the second in command over there at the Triple Crown Series. And we were just kind of discussing ideas about a TV show and what we can do to add things to it this summer. Um, and I came up with some cool ideas. And one of them I thought was neat, and I guess I, I would say I hate jumping on the, the what America does, we should do kind of thing. But I liked what they did last year with the TV show about having – past champions, right? They had Brock Lover in there, Jeremy McGrath, James Stewart was in there. Um, I think Chad Reed ended up doing one of them, stuff like that. Yeah. So I've kind of come up with that little idea of guys to do it um, up in our series here. Uh, so guys, the names like, you know, Ross Peterson, who used to do it, and yeah. Ross is kind of coming back into, uh, you know, kind of into the limelight a little bit here. We saw a cool picture of him and a group of guys going riding uh, mountain or mountain uh, biking, not mountain biking. No biking. Snow biking, yeah, snow biking up in the hills. And, and then Carl Valancourt has done it before. We could do Quebec rounds. Uh, yep. Colton Fasciotti, uh, Dusty Clatt has been a name, maybe come out to Kailoop. So um, you're, you're a heritage guy like me, Newf. You like those kinds of things. Like, Do you think that could add something cool to it, or do you think it could be like, uh, this guy is really bad at talking out here, and Galdi, you better step it up and have to own the show kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's no different than, like, Obviously, when they announced all those co-hosts last year, or whatever you want to call them in the in the U.S., it, it like somebody like yourself can bring out maybe the best in these guys if it's comfortable for them. You know all these guys, so it's yeah. like a nervous a nervous situation for them. You kind of poke fun a little bit, and and it, it, we run a loose program up here, right? So it's not quite as uh, cookie cutter professional, let's say, in a, in a sense of. You know, we're not on NBC and, and all this type of type of stuff. So I think you could, if you're going to be the the main guy, you can bring out a little bit um, of these guys' personalities, right? Like Dusty Clatt, not a big talker, but, you know, does have a lot of knowledge, champion, cool story, um, stuff like that. So I think that, uh, I, I like that idea. I think that's good. Obviously, like you said, the Carl Valancourts and stuff like that. I mean, they've done, they have TV experience um, and stuff like that from the past. So no, I think that's a good idea. You know how bad I mean, you listen to the pulp show, Ken, you as well. They've brought up at times there. We just mentioned how like jet Lawrence really doesn't have a ton of knowledge of Jeremy McGrath. Right. And the difference in age, like, could you imagine, do you think Ryder McNabb knows who Carl Valancourt is or even Ross Peterson? <laughs> Probably not. You know what I mean? I mean, not that he should. I don't think we do a great job at the heritage of our sport. We're kind of, we lack a little bit in that. Sometimes yeah. I feel, um, you know, how cool would it be to have our own vault, right, of, of results and stuff like that But back in the past. But it's literally ghost knowledge uh, from a, a – I actually have a, a, an Excel spreadsheet of things that I've been working on from results and, and YouTube videos and stuff that I've watched. But, yeah, but I think that's a cool idea. It'll be fun. And, and like you said, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I like doing that on the mic, and I should be able to pull out information from them and have fun with them so it isn't yeah. awkward and, you know, maybe throw them a couple beers before they get in studio. They get to loosen, <laughs> loosen up a little bit. Eh? What, yeah. do you, what do you think of that, Kenny? That would be kind of fun having some of those guys. I mean, you're, you're heritage and you like the sport and it'd be kind of cool hearing from some of those guys. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it worked really good in the States last year. And like you said, like even uh, this last year, they had a couple guys. I can't remember. One was Pettis. And he did. I think that was with you, wasn't it, Goldie? Yeah, Pettis? that was. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and uh, you, you, got him, right. yep. you got him talking and and talking about the track and the riders and all that. I think you can do it just fine. And I think it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Um, so uh, last night, 
uh, or sorry, two nights ago, uh, Saturday was Phoenix Supercross there. Now, we haven't talked much Supercross on our show, um, mainly because, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that our does, whether it's Pulp MX yeah. or all the media outlets in the States. We don't really need to focus on that. But uh, one of the Canadian teams, Team PRMX, um, according to everybody, from what we understand, it was, and I'm quotations right now, a random bike teardown for Hunter Yoder. Um, and if you guys remember at Seattle two weeks ago, whole shot, the main event, uh, and whole shot is heat race. So that bike works well. Yeah. Uh, he did get some pretty decent starts there at the triple crown, but not quite as good as what we saw at Seattle, but Noof, um, I got a video sent to me of the AMA tearing down the team PRMX Hunter Yoder bike. And then a thumbs up from the AMA guy saying that, yeah, they were good to go. Yeah. Um, I also heard that the bar X Suzuki guys got tore down another privateer team. This is yeah. kind of odd. It is weird, yeah. And I mean, I think you see it though. And and, and PRMX is an example. I, I I think that when you look, and obviously last year once uh, Josiah Natsuki came into the series, he was pulling whole shots. His bike was extremely fast, especially at Gopher. And there was some rumblings around the pits on our side, like, dude, this motor needs to be torn down because we look at Julian's program, obviously when he started out, it was, it was pretty loose, right? Like, yes. And then, and, but it's gotten better and better and he's done his work. And, you know, we, we look at it from the outside in how, how can Hunter Yoder be, be whole shot in Jet Lawrence or how can he, you know, be competing against a star Yamaha on, you know, on the starts on a, on a PRMX Kawasaki program. Right. So I think, you know, it puts some eyes on it and stuff and it's, it was no different than Canada last year. I mean, we know, you did the digging. You know what these teams are spending on on engine packages on the 250s, and and you're going like, how the how the fuck can can these like this I guess quote unquote B level team in a sense it's not factory by any means, and they they don't get a lot of support from Cowie or anybody like that. But clearly they got a good engine builder um, because their bikes are fast, they're good, and there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, I'm sure it probably makes Julian maybe a little irritated in the moment, but yet a good, a feel good thing that, Hey, like we're doing the right thing here. We're not cheating, but we got a good bike. I wonder why them, like why not jet or, I mean, I guess it comes to the same thing. Like we talked about if KTM was doing something, like Kevin Benoit's bike, it would look horrible, right? Yeah. So I horrible. Guess a, yeah. A privateer factory, or yeah, yeah. a non-factory team, I guess is the ones that you got to do. Um, yeah. Because you, the, if a factory team is cheating, it doesn't just, affect the rider and the, the the thing that's going on the track it affects the brand globally yeah. yeah and that and that's exactly right i mean you're not i mean who knows but you're not going to see a, a factory honda team using illegal parts or illegal fuel and stuff like that because they have too much to lose right it's not yeah. just it's not just the 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 disqualification or the points it's it's just detrimental to the to the brand and and to the to everything like that so these these privateer B level teams um, may be able to sneak under the radar on it, right? Like that's yeah. probably what they're looking at and thinking about it. So or thinking that way. But I like what you said. It, it makes Julian look good. Like they got good bikes. They got a great program, and then they yeah. got a video of the AMA guys going thumbs up. So yeah, you know what I mean. That should be their graphics kit at the next race with that, that guy's face <laughs> on there with the thumbs up, like the me thing on Talladega Nights on the front of the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going with the same uh, situation here, now just leading in, uh, I don't know if you saw the videos on Hunter Yoder's Instagram. Um, so I, I don't know which man it was, two or three or whatever one it was uh, from Saturday night, but he got into it with our friendly Canadian, Mr. Cole Thompson. 
And from what I can tell, it doesn't really look, it looks like Cole just ran him a little bit wide. Um, there's a, a gooder, a, a gooder, a, gooder. <laughs> a better, a gooder video, <laughs> a better video of it on, I believe it's the PRMX Instagram. It might be Yoder's Instagram. I can't remember now. I saw it this morning where they actually show them coming out of the turn and it looks like pumps are just, you know, and it's the section after the split lane where guys are going to go, you know, quadding inside or whatever. And it looks like Cole took the inside line. Hunter went, Yoder was outside and then they drifted into each other, almost like Tomac and Dean Wilson years back there when uh, Dean ended up tearing his thumb up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you watched it all, but, and then if you look at some of the comments, Again, our, our man Thompson does not come out smelling like a rose, but I watched the video. I just say he ran wide, and then they connected, and Yoder fell into the back wheel. So, you know, maybe a, a 60-40 split, but I'll tell you, the comments are 100% with a big F you to Thompson. <laughs> yeah, no, they are uh, <laughs> a lot of negative towards Cole, and like I said, I, I, I kind of saw some of it, but the most interesting part was is it tore Yoder's pants right off when he gets up in the one video I saw his ass is literally hanging yeah. right out. Oh, I missed that. Oh, full cheeks. Oh, yeah. Full cheeks. Full cheeks. Yeah, no, yeah. His, his, his pants are about a quarter of the way down. Like his, you can see full ass. <laughs> is that the video where it shows him shoving him too? Yeah. yeah. Shoving oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. See, that's where your guys' eyes, you guys look at guys' asses. Like, come on, guys. It's like, what are we, what are we focused on here? But, uh, and then, yeah, Yoder gets up and pushes him, which, I wonder if there's any implications from AMA on that. I mean, they, as much as they don't like that, they seem to always replay those incidents. Remember the A Ray and uh, Devin Raper one yeah. fighting on the track? But I guess this wasn't a fight. It was more of a, a little bit of a. They can put a, a monster logo on Yoder's ass. <laughs> yeah. Battles so, on the uh, track brought to you by Monster Energy here at the Monster Energy yeah, Supercross. I, saw, <laughs> I saw it on Direct, Direct posted it, um, of course, because Billy loves the Canadian content, which is awesome. But Hunter Yoder's mom actually comments on it and made a comment of like, uh, yeah, uh, let Cole Thompson know that uh, – Hunter's pants are in the mail form or something like that. Some kind of weird okay. comment, which I thought was a little a little weird. But anyways, <laughs> I, I guess depends on which side of the fence you're on, right? Like if you're Yoder, you're probably pissed, and if you're if you're Thompson, you're probably thinking, "Man, I was just racing forward, right?" So. Yeah, exactly. But I think one thing we could take just after what you just shared there, Noof, moms, dads, or girlfriends, don't go on social media and. You know, support your your boy. Let's just let them handle it. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. They're men. They're men right? now. It's How many times have we seen where the girlfriend or a mom or something has said something like, and you're just like, okay, you sound like a you're, you're lost right now. Please just uh, delete the comment or whatever kind of. Yeah. Thing. But again, that's what these platforms are for. Say whatever you want. But hey, that's just a suggestion coming from the boys over here at uh, Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. Um, I think it's time now to get into an interview I did with Jess Pettis. Uh, before we just do that there, though, Noof, I know we got good things from our, our good friends over there at Matrix Concepts Canada. Um, lots of lots of fun stuff. And for me here at AMO, another supporter of the show, um, I'm, uh, what am I, 13 days away from going racing here in Ontario. So it's positive swinging all around except for Noof's crash at two, uh, two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, big thanks to Matrix Concepts Canada. That's where I'm sitting right now, getting ready to work once we're done this. And then I'm off to Alberta for another work trip here this afternoon. But uh, yeah, 100% uh, all the new spring colorways, 100% Strider, Mobius, uh, Matrix, Works Connection, Renthal, uh, brand leaders uh, in each individual category. And uh, we're fully stocked, ready to go. Check us out, matrixconcepts.ca, full 
catalog on there, 2023 catalog with all the new latest and uh, latest and greatest. Uh, did you bend your Renthal bars at all? I did not, no. Nice. I didn't crash that hard. There you go. Good, good, good. I like to hear that uh, same thing. So, as I stated before then, um, you know, like, it's not a lot of news going on right now. Things are kind of quiet. Everybody's kind of getting ramped up, whether it be photo um, photo uh, stuff getting ready to go. Teams kind of getting focused and closing in. We're a little over a month away from where the, the rigs all start leaving and getting on the road. And so that's why I, I wanted to catch up. And I thought Jess Pettis was a good one to catch up with. It's it's been pretty quiet um, around the Pettis camp, and I think that was – he kind of mentions in there it was kind of chosen. But, um, hey, we'll take a little break. Let's listen to Jess Pettis. As, as always, another good interview, and uh, then we'll talk about it when we come back. All right, as promised here on the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Pro- Podcast, brought to you by Bristol Coachworks, Race Tech Suspension, Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension, KTM Gas Gas and Husqvarna Canada, and this one is a good one. We got KTM Canada's own superior athlete, two-time Canadian 250 national champion, and I love chatting with this kid. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I got Jess Pettis. Jess, first off, thanks, man, for giving me your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. No, it's been, uh, it's been a while. I guess we have it up for quite some time, and I think they're starting to fire it up. And- closer to the season so i know i get a phone call from goldie when it's close to go time. <laughs> yeah i don't care about you any other time of the year buddy that's like i don't want to know what's going on that's how it works <laughs> no. um so let's get right into it man um the, one of the reasons why i wanted to catch up you've actually been on my list for a little bit while here but we've had whether it's the two-stroke thing or the series and, and there's just been other information that's been kind of i don't know taking over if you will but i feel like it's really quiet for you right now, um, and my question is, do you like that it's quiet and, and you're just kind of doing your thing, or do you kind of miss, you know, getting the getting an interview done, whether it's for Supercross or the upcoming season or all that kind of stuff? I just feel like it's been very quiet in the Jess Pettis sort of news category, and I feel like that might be good for you or, or not. You Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously my winters have been a little bit different, I guess, this year than the last last three years or so just with the kind of the build-up for supercross and then like some ups and downs and like freaking social media has kind of been i've been talked about i guess upon like uh almost on a negative note with you know some injuries and stuff in the last couple off seasons so i've had i guess press in the past but it's never been the, the best i guess and i actually enjoy it for once uh kind of under the radar feel like i'm a contender but I'd rather not be known as that and just come in and kind of do what I did in my, my rookie 450 season and just a lot of people doubt it and nothing better than coming in and and uh, showing the hard work that you do in the off season and kind of more low key. So I mean, I'm I'm digging it so far. Yeah, I would say like it. I mean, again, I only you know follow socially and I talked to Matt and JSR a little bit and and you seem super relaxed right now. Like you're just kind of taking it all in and and again, this is just like a fan basically looking at what you're posting and what you're doing, throwing those big old oppos and shit. By the way, I don't know how the fuck you pull those back. Um, <laughs> like I literally that last one you posted, I'm looking, I'm like. That I bike what he just went the total opposite direction. Uh, it, it's pretty impressive to watch. Um, I'm very jealous. But uh, I, I just like I, you know you got your your uh, your girlfriend down there. Your bicycling. I, I saw a really cool picture of I can't remember if it was a sunset or a sunrise sitting in the back of the van just looking at the beach. And I'm just like it's I'm it's just looking at it. I'm like man, it just looks like such a great 
atmosphere after, like you said, yeah, there's been some negatives the last few years, but if that's part of the sport, but man, he just looks so relaxed and like, um, very, um, do you know who Andrew Tate is? Yep. Yeah. Like something like that. Just like life is great. The matrix isn't getting me. I'm just chilling. I'm doing my thing. No, you're right. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I mean, I, I say I'd probably the best spot mentally I have been in a long time and John with my, my bike and my life away from, from dirt bikes and kind of just putting, you know, making it all gel together from, you know, obviously day in, day out, I'm busting my ass working hard and, and making sure, you know, I, I have to do the work, but at the same time, I mean, might as well just work hard and, you know, you got to mix in some fun and, and just enjoy the places that dirt bikes can take me and always try to do that, whether it's Florida or California or, you know, when we travel the series, I've always been about that and, um, yeah, just really taking like my time and, and built such a good base already in this, the last three months of just putting hours on my bike and yeah, man, I'm, I'm in a good spot and just want to keep that kind of rolling. Do you, uh, I mean, obviously the injury side of things, it sucks, right? We never want to get injured, missing time and taking you away from it, but it also sometimes allows that reset and that evaluation of like what life is about and, you know, um, you know, I don't sound, I want to sound like some sort of holistic yoga sort of guy, but like you kind of just sit back and look at, look at things you're like, man, this is, I live a pretty cool life and this is awesome. And, uh, it's, it sucks to have it reset that way, but sometimes it, it you know, it doesn't even have to happen for racing. Maybe it's a new job for somebody or, uh, they finish school and they go out to, they tour somewhere before they come back to reality. Like, it's cool to have this sort of reset and that, um, and it's like, it's just this, I don't know, it looks like it's a really good vibe yeah yeah exactly i think just enjoying my environment and you know i've never really taken it for granted in the last few years obviously with with injuries i wouldn't say it, it put me back on a reset to appreciate those things but you definitely you know I, I yeah i'd say like just each moment even a shitty day on a dirt bike i mean yeah you get frustrated in, in the moment or you know you have an off day or or whatever and at the end of the day i've been in hell of a lot worse positions than that so um, you know, just keep plugging away, and yeah, I think I think the process I've I've been doing has been working for me. And um, there's no way around hard work and and all that. I mean, I would rather kind of just do my do my shit at the at round one and throughout the season. I just I need a, a healthy season. Really, it's the bottom line. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, health is obviously uh, uh, the big thing at, at this point in your career. Actually, I was looking I was looking at some photos today. I found this cool photo photo of you that I'm going to post. It was 2012. Uh, Transcan, um, you were intermediate that year, and so this is this going to be your tenth year pro? Then, shit, I think my first year pro was twenty. Was I it? Say I went pro in twenty fourteen, but I only did I think the last two rounds. So my first full season was pretty well twenty fifteen. So twenty fourteen uh, is when you were on the leading edge when Jeremy was yeah, number four, absolutely. right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. but you don't, yeah. Number 139, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did like two rounds, two or three rounds kind of, uh, yeah, near the end of the season. And then my first full year was kind of as a privateer with my family. Yeah, so right. Okay, yeah, on the Yamaha. Actually, yeah, you know, yeah. we were talking about that with somebody the other day. I couldn't remember you were on a privateer kind of Yamaha. But what was the dealer who was helping you out then with that first one? I was talking about this, and I'm like, man, I can't remember the name of the dealership that was helping you. Yeah, it was Prince George Motorsports, and then That's what Vernon it was. Motorsports, which is down in the Okanagan. Vernon was the one I couldn't remember. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was kind of part owners, and they both helped me out. That's and sick. Honestly, nice. If it wasn't, yeah, if it wasn't for that year, I mean, um, 
wouldn't have got a, a healthy season and then kind of proved a bit and then really mx 101 the year after was the opportunity that i really that i really needed it was kind of the make or break kind of deal for me at what point so my question kind of leading into this thing is that um i remember when i was my first few years pro they just kind of were a whirlwind in racing and then you kind of found your groove and then i had an injury i broke my femur took me up for a year and sort of a reset and then uh i was like some things were easier some things were harder at this point in your career you're a veteran now and uh you know coming into uh another 450 season what's what's the hardest part for you each day knowing that you know in a few months here you're going to chase the series again and go after a number one plate again what's the hardest part each day just getting up and going okay this is what i got to do to make sure that it pays off come edmonton time what's the hardest part um, kind of hold yourself accountable because at Ooh, the like end of that. the day, I've always told myself that anyone can hire a trainer or a coach or a mental therapist or a, you know, someone to get down your back and say, get your shit in gear and, and go for a road bike ride or a run or all this. And I think the thing is like, it has to come within. And when you truly just want it yourself and at the end of the day, like if I cheat the system and, and I don't work hard for the next you know, three, four months of my off season and, and come in prepared, then it's just going to catch up to me with my results. And, and basically you don't make as much money. You don't, you know, satisfy your sponsors and all that shit. So I'd say the hardest part is just, there's no one checking in on you on the daily, you know, it has to come from deep down. And thankfully that's not a problem for me. Like I, I love what I do and I kind of soak in every day and try and enjoy it. Like, you know, obviously you have your good and bad days, but I'd say the worst ones are when you're injured and you, you don't really see a whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel, but you get through it, you have a short-term goal, and then move on, right? Yeah. No, I, I dude, that's a great answer, and it's so so mature, and, and uh, it kind of leads me to another one. I was going to say, can you pinpoint a moment where you're like, I, I want to be better than what I am at the moment right now, and, and you take accountability and, and really charge that? I mean, I guess me looking at it might have been that summer that you really turned heads the first year with MX-101. Um, I don't know what your training was like then, because obviously I know now you're um, amazing and, and super deep into it. But was there like a time you're like, okay, I like what I'm doing. I see this. I've got to step it up that next notch. Yeah, it, I'd say it was my off season in 2000, would have been 17 into 18, the year I won my first title with, uh, gotcha, okay. with the Yamaha guys. And because that was a big jump for me the year before, I would say I was kind of a fifth place guy to a podium on a good day. I mean, I got a, I got one win. I mean, yeah. Um, didn't really prove that I was a contender at all. I kind of came from a fifth place guy and then busted my ass in the off season, worked kind of on my own program. I mean, I had some help in California with, with Erky and some of the boys that were helping, but I mean, not some prestigious big program and trusted my bike and my, myself. And I came in and I won almost the first three, four rounds, you know? So I think that was a turning point to know that like, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a contender. Yeah. Um, um, that was a big thing because, shit, for fifth place, you don't get paid nothing. And you don't work your way up the the ladder on a team, really. You're kind of, you know, stuck in that spot. And to make that push towards a podium slash winner, that's that's not an easy thing to figure out, you know. <laughs> like the, the first few guys are, are going good no matter what. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this, but they just kind of spit something there about saying – you know, working hard and want to get to that level. Once you finally reached that, uh, that you know, that championship and you got that number one plate, what did it feel like? 
Like what? Like was it just like oh my god, everything's paid off, my mom and dad, everything, or was it like I fucking belong here? I'm going after more. Like right in that instance, this is something that I never, I never did. I you know I never worked hard enough to do it. And when I see guys like yourself coming from, you know, almost off the map in Canada and Prince George, <laughs> because it's way the hell out of nowhere yeah. and working to where you are and and, and all that. It's a it's a cool kind of humbling story. Um, and I've always wondered that, and I've asked Dylan this question. Like, I mean, you you guys came up very similar times, and that guy used to freaking go to the races in a bus and rode Husqvarna's when they were literally awful. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just it's a pretty cool story, and I'm just how did that feel when you, you you got that played? And I mean, now you belong. You're a part of history now, Jess. You're one of the greatest Canadian racers of all time, and you're and you're not even done. Like, you're not even near done. Yeah. Yeah, to answer your question, I'd say, like, in the moment when I'm holding the number one plate, you're kind of speechless, but, like, at the same time, I'd say the emotion of, you know, my my family and everyone there, like, that almost means just as much or more because of all the sacrifice everyone's done, man, from, like, from my sisters to my parents to, you know, mechanics, everything, like, it's it's an effort, and, um, yeah, shit, it's, it's all that money and the sacrifices you've kind of done in the last however many years my parents have spent probably millions you know to get me to that point but there's no regrets and um yeah it's it's such a special feeling that i'd say not a lot of people get but it's short and after that kind of goes away it's like all right what next so yeah i mean i set my goal realistic i feel and to get another title more wins and then you move 450 and it goes from top five to podium and you get that and then you want to win and then you want a title and then you want to go to the U.S. or Europe or, you know, it's like I'm never, never ending kind of want to always progress better. But I'd say I've never, like, not appreciated the special moments. Yeah, nice. That's a great answer. Uh, how old are you this year? 25. Holy gee. You can ride plus 25 locally now, eh? Yeah, I might hit up Walton plus 25 before the week, and me and Newf can bang some bars. Oh, you got to – hey, he's riding the 350 now, and I told him he's uh, – what's, what's the thing? There's no displacement for – no, wait, no replacement for displacement. I'm like, he's like, I love this bike. And I'm like, yeah, wait till you some old vet dude hole shots on the 450 and just rattles Walton Roost off your chest and face. Oh, <laughs> oh it's good yeah. times. I mean, it always feels like we get older, but other people do too. So it's yeah. like news probably pushing pushing the freaking vet class, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, he'll be, uh, I think he's 38 now, turning 39. So he's coming up in my plus 40 class here. I got to claim a couple yeah. more Walton titles here soon. Um, but, um, Moving into to stuff that I was so 25 years old, obviously lots of career left. Um, you know, obviously this year, uh, can, I don't know if you can share or not. Do you have a one-year deal on your contract? Are you moving on a two-year, or is it, how is it working with you coming into this year for that stuff? Yeah, I got a one-year, so kind of uh, I think it's up near the end of the season. Play, um, by year kind of thing and see how it goes? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I originally, I think I re-signed yeah, two years ago for an extension, so um, – yeah, it's, it's good. I think I need that motivation, too, to just keep on. I mean, obviously, no, nobody has to tell me that I need a good season, right? So Yeah. But we're shooting for, and I'm in control of that, so I'm in a, in a better place, I think, than, than last year for sure. I mean, <laughs> couldn't get much worse than that. Yeah, well, you're doing a lot of spectating last year, so, yeah, you're in a better yeah. place, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, 
is there is do you have any aspirations still with the supercross and and ideas because obviously yes again you're you're super talented at the indoor stuff maybe to, maybe at the same level as like what Cole Thompson is uh, for a Canadian rider is that still something on your bucket list or is that now kind of maybe stepped away and like you were just saying a minute ago maybe some Europe stuff or I mean it um the the one thing that I think sometimes a lot of people outside of Canada don't realize we got some pretty damn good riders, right? Whether it was yourself or Cole or or Dylan, Sean Moff on some of the on the levels like you guys do in the MXONs and stuff like that. Um, as you get older, those things become a little bit more attractive. I feel. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely. Well, I had a I had a Supercross deal for the winter with the team. The one the extension that I signed with them was kind of for an outdoor season and then for another like this season of Supercross. Okay. And, um. I had my eyes set on that, but I just felt like, well, yeah, they didn't exactly want me to do it, and then I wasn't really in a, a fantastic place uh, physically, I'd say. Like, yep. I still was dealing with my elbow that that's a big injury to come back from, and my wrist, and a few things that were I wanted to do it mentally, but physically, like, I, I knew I wasn't ready. Maybe I would have been come January, but in November when the season started, you know, I wasn't, I'd say, 100% with, with everything, and that takes time, and I kind of just made up the mind that um, I would like to do it again, but I want to come in healthy 100% and not have anything that's going to hold me back, and um, that's kind of something we're going to reevaluate come come the fall time this year. Yeah. Um, not 100%, but, yeah, I would, I would like to. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I would like you to as well. It's kind of boring sometimes not having a Canadian to cheer for when I'm drinking my beer watching Supercross on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Right? I yeah, got... and it frustrates me. Like, uh, Obviously, these guys are world-class racers, but I, I know where I fit in against some of these dudes, and I'm not going to blow my expectations out of the water. But, I mean, I kind of know where I can go in and where I can build from. And to see everyone doing that on the weekend, it's like – it's harder to watch Supercross, I would say, as a fan now than before I had done it. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, I would agree, especially since you've got to a place where you're like, damn it, man, like, I see that guy getting fifth or sixth or something, and you're like, fuck, I, I, I'm just as good or better than that guy, or I put in the work kind of thing. And, and don't get me wrong, it's been cool watching, you know, obviously Cole and Julian Benick, who's getting his feet wet with Supercross, and then our buddy Parker Eels, there, your buddy. Um, yeah. Parker Eels, he's, you know, testing the waters. It's been awesome to watch. But once you, a guy like yourself or Cole – that have like cracked top fives and gotten the starts and stuff. You're just like, it, it amplifies our country, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever known that or felt that, but like, it's pretty wild about how the damn flag gets raised. You know, we know how good you are, but then all of a sudden on Saturday night, it's like, it's like, holy shit, man, Jazz Pettis fucking go. We're yelling at the TV and stuff. It's, it's pretty neat to watch for sure. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm assuming that you get some of that feeling from text messages or, or photos or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, for it's, sure. It's cool to be, the one in that position and um yeah when you get a taste of it it's hard to kind of step away from that i feel i've accomplished some cool stuff indoors but i know i could be more capable i mean the hardest thing i'd say is i trained at alden's for that that first year yeah two three months and i seen where where i was at speed and fitness wise with everybody that i'm training with every single day and then i never showed that i, I fucked my knee at qualifying at round one and yeah. then just kind of go home and under the radar and just go back to the snow and that that i'd say is the closest and best i've ever been by far yeah and i didn't do a single damn race so that that's kind of where i want some redemption but we'll, we'll kind of see cross that bridge when it comes kind of thing um yeah. let's step let's step out of this i mean uh, obviously you like the training and the racing and all that kind of stuff but 
Um, you're up Prince George, man, hunting. Yeah, you always see, I see it, you know, I haven't seen it in a while, obviously, but I saw shooting some deer and all that kind of stuff like that. And just give me the, how does a, a kid from Prince George get into racing and, and all that stuff? You know, Betty and, and Dougie there getting you into the sport. Like, how did it kind of become something uh, as part of the family way up north like that? Obviously, there's a scene up there with the the, uh, the PGMA, right, the Prince George Motocross Association, yeah. the track. Um, but just how did it kind of collect, you know, stepping all the way back to the beginning? Yeah, I mean, obviously got a bike when I was five and then kind of just rode the wheels off the thing and it <laughs> progressed to a KTM 50 and then you go an hour, you know, an hour away to a local race and then that one hour turns into a four-hour drive and then you're traveling the country and going to Walton Transcan, 55-hour drive for five days of racing. And, um, yeah, I look back now and I'm like, my parents did that. What the fuck? That's crazy. But, yeah. Um, yeah, now that I know, like, the price of stuff <laughs> and all that but no it's cool we have a pretty cool scene there just um so many sacrifices really yeah we can ride about six months a year and um even in that time frame in the summertime the tracks are shot they're they're just dust bowls everyone goes to the lake so the amount of miles i've put on a vehicle to drive to Kamloops for a two-day weekend and turn around and go home and that's all like the shit that pays off. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, back to the the parent thing. Obviously, I got three boys now, and you know, I still I get help from. We actually just got a box of Fox stuff here for my kids. Like they don't have to do that; they help my kids, and so it's super cool and things like that. So I'm not paying everything, but like you were saying, yeah, your parents probably spent a million dollars. I would say mine probably spent close to that as well when I was a young kid, and even even when I got into the pros, when I still needed help doing things, and um, it, I, I find it hard looking at myself going, I'm going to spend, a, like saying that number, a million, one million dollars, like freaking Austin Powers. Um, yeah. But like, it's pretty crazy to think of something like that. Obviously, you're, the, the family aspect is down the road for you still racing, but it's pretty wild to think about what our parents did to help get us into, you know, chasing our dream and stuff like that. And for you, yours isn't even over yet. And uh, But like millions, we, it could be millions of dollars that these families and parents and ours have done. It. It's crazy. Yeah, and shit, like these kids that go to Loretta's for 10 years straight on a 65 all the way up to... Oh, my God. <laughs> they got their $100,000 diesel pusher motorhome. I think it's it's next level. And I see what my parents have done, and it's not even close to what some of these parents that do in the U.S., but, um, yeah, it's a different breed. I'd say it's hard to explain to a family or a kid or anything that's not in it, like a, a soccer parent or yeah. someone. Like it's, it's like, what do you mean? Like you do that for a dirt bike, but... It's uh, it's in the blood and shit. I mean, I think if my parents didn't do that, then what you do it for a mountain bike career? Or you buy boats and you go on on the water and buy cabins and uh, you know. I think it's we did it as a family and it's experiences and you can't just look at it as like shit. It was just for dirt bikes, you know, like family camping every single weekend and us kids had a pretty sweet life so yeah i I, that's one of the things that i tout it at uh at my ammo races is that you know i'm like you know whether little johnny or Susie are gonna make it or whatever but just like just look at what you're doing you're barbecuing you're meeting all these people from around the province you're traveling you're sleeping in tents or motorhomes you're camping and campfires and barbecue it's just like it's such an amazing atmosphere like you just said it'd be it's tough to sell it to say the the soccer family or even the hockey family but uh, when COVID hit us there, those families had to kind of, not had to, but they really dove into what we're doing. And here in Ontario, man, I've seen an influx of so many brand new people, and they're like, this is just amazing. We don't ever want to go to hockey or we don't want to do soccer. Yeah. yeah, it costs us this much money, but, like, 
the amount of time I get to spend with my son or my daughter now. And, and, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, I was talking to this guy, a buddy of mine the other day about this and I'm like, he's like, Oh, you know, I don't really see my kid. His kid's older, see my kid as much and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know if that'll ever happen with me, whether my kids make it or not, but we go to the track and we're just spending so much time together talking and meeting new people that you create this this bond with your family that is like almost impossible to break, whether it would be hardship of money or uh, university failing or, or um, maybe your kids are getting into criminal acts or something like that. But you get so close yeah. in moto like it, it it's the, the group, the family atmosphere. It's like you said, it's, it's almost impossible to sell. You just have to go and see it for yourself. Yeah, no, exactly. And um yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that's not not really known in the whole like normal scheme of things, but um yeah, you get your feet wet and it's kind of a piece of something that you can't you can't really turn away. So uh it's it's special. I'm thankful that it it you know, all my friends, family, everyone that, that I'm basically surround myself around on the daily is within the industry or the sport or, you know, like wouldn't change it for a thing. I'd say we're all like very compatible and it's pretty badass how uh speaking of mom and dad how are they doing how is the rest of the family doing I, are you i'm assuming you're uh at your sister's down there when you go down no i'm no i'm i'm pretty i'm down in like orlando so just renting a place okay with, uh with justin boyd which is a guy that i'm i'm working with for the winter oh and, nice uh yeah they're they're doing great they are in pg trying to convince them to get out of the snow and there's a better place to kind of <laughs> Be for retirement. Yeah, I I love it there, but uh, you can only complain about the weather and not being able to do activities and stuff for so long. So yeah, yeah. I think they're they're looking into that and yeah, they're healthy and good. They mountain bike a shit ton, so that's awesome. Well, I'm excited. I I'm, I'll be happy to see Dougie. Your old man's a good lad. He is. Uh, and yeah, you'll you'll see him at the first few rounds for sure. Yeah, he's always down for a good laugh and a good story and having a pint and all that good stuff for sure. So I love I love to hear Bullshit. that stuff. Um, uh, before I let you go, <clears throat> kind of a tougher question, I suppose. Last year, like you said, you were on the sideline and you watched uh, one of your main competitors basically have a perfect season, uh, something that has never been done in Canada. Um, before I get your sort of what are you thinking going ahead to the season? What did you think sitting and watching that? Was that, were you like blown away or were you like, man, I'm not surprised Dylan's that good. Or were you like, just, that's just pretty cool as a fan watching. I mean, it's cool. Um, I wanted to be in that position. I'd say I wasn't, wasn't jealous at all. I just know I'm capable of it. Um, but shit, he would have had a perfect season if it was the year before too. Cause I think more well, Marshall, he won a moto, but other than that, I was only got to be able to yep. take wins away. So it damn near would have been the same thing two years in a row. And I know a good bike setup, and and I'm healthy and fit. You know, I'll, I'll be I'll be there to challenge. I mean, that's what I'm coming for. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And now, yeah, moving for this season. I mean, looking at that, it, have you needed to change anything to go? Or are you kind of just doing sort of similar stuff that you were doing uh, going into that 2021 season? Because obviously, heading into that season. You know, we all kind of touted, yeah, you'll be there or whatever, but you were a contender right out of the gate. Yeah, I think the biggest thing now, I, um, you know, from then, I, I had two weeks on the bike from an ACL surgery. So That's right. I came in, I kind of surprised myself and then changed my, my expectations as, as we went. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to set high expectation. I'm just going to come in and kind of see where, where I fit in. But, 
um, I kind of have an idea and yeah, I've changed a lot. I'd say I have been working on a lot of things to do with my bike and my fitness and technique and a whole bunch of shit. So that was my plan to come down here in January and train for almost five months before the season to be able to bring the speed back and, and fix maybe some issues that I'm just trying to go racing on normally. Um, you, did you race Edmonton? Yeah, you no. Yeah, you would have raced Edmonton, um, right? Yeah, yeah, I raced it, but as a on a super mini. Oh no way! Okay, um, so I, I don't know if it's been announced, but I believe that one's going to be a um, sprint round. Um, I, I think it was going to be Kamloops, but now I think they're moving it to Edmonton. Have you heard this? Uh, I haven't heard shit. No. Well, you don't. Do you even care? No. No. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> Just show show up. Tell me where the start gate is. I'm ready. <laughs> Yeah, for real. I, yeah, I don't know. My mom told me, I think, a week or two ago that it was going to be Camus, and that's the first I heard of it. Yeah, I, I think they're changing it just for the uh, – and this is a, this might be just a rumor, too, but I have talked to him a little bit by because Camloops is, you know, more of a really true national track where Edmonton going to be off the cuff, going to be a new design, going to be a hybrid. It might make more sense to do that as this um, sprint-type round, right, kind of thing. So – um, but I guess we'll wait and see. But like you said, you don't even care. You're, you're re- if, if today, if you were ready, to, if the race was this weekend coming, are you ready to go? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I told my girlfriend that a couple of days ago. I said, I wish we were racing like in another like week or two. Cause I'm, I'm ready. Um, but I think that having more times, not a, not a bad thing. And yeah, you know, we'll just, we'll keep enjoying, keep, it's going to let us, you know, fine tune some stuff and, and we'll be, we'll be just fine. But yeah, if they told me the schedule has changed till a week, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm flying home. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, ready to rock, ready to rock. Yeah. Uh, last thing, will you be based out of the uh, Quebec area where KTM Canada is, or will you be heading home, or how does that work this yeah. summer? Yeah, I'll be in Montreal. Um, pretty much moved out there. I got my truck and van and a bunch of my shit there. So, um, yeah, I'll spend a bit of the time on the west, like for those three rounds, just less travel, but other than that, we'll be based out of, yeah, Montreal area. So Florida and Quebec now, and you just never want to go back to Prince George. <laughs> I'll, go back to go, I'll go back to go hunting and, and fishing. <laughs> that's, that's about it. See, a little bit of snow is all you want nowadays, eh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, no, Jess. Oh, sorry? I said Quebec's treated me good, so we'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, I guess last one, too. The Love Boats is going good. Love Life is good. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, it's it's well, thankfully, her job, she allows, it allows me, her to be here, I guess, a lot, and um, not too much long distance, so it's been, it's been well, and yeah, I think that's a good spot mentally to come into the season, so, hey, you we'll be good. As, uh, I don't know how often you listen to Kiefer or Paul, but Kiefer always says home life is a big part of it, so. Yeah, um, that's right. So no, it sounds he's, he's right. So it sounds like it's good now. Hey, man, I really appreciate the time, Jess, and really looking forward to seeing the 15 back on the track and, and doing its thing, and uh uh, like you said, putting a stop to the to the number one on a perfect season stuff. Like that. It's going to be good and entertaining in that 450 class. And uh, oh, actually, one last thing: 250 class. It's deep. It's deep. Your your teammate just got hurt there, unfortunately, but he should yeah. be fine by round one. Uh, going to lose a little bit of training time, but um, I feel like it's going to be exciting for you guys to have a class to watch. Yeah, no, it's going to be pretty sick. Um, yeah, it's probably the most stacked it's been in a long ass time. I'd say like. Those kids go fast, and I've seen Ryder and what he did in, in Texas and whatnot, and he'll be fine, I think. Um, I told him it's a long season, so he'll be he'll be okay, I'm sure. And, yeah, it's going to be deep, so 
it's going to be pretty exciting to watch. Nice, good. Well, again, bud, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy whatever's got going on there, and uh, appreciate it. We'll catch up again soon. Cool. Thanks, Goldie. All right, there you have it, everybody. A good interview with KTM Factory Red Bull Racing, Jess Pettis. And Noof, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, probably not, because you're at the Kahuna all weekend, but just a super mellow uh, interview. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy information. We talk about, you know, him being injured and just kind of, slowly getting back into things and um i love what he said about he's ready to go like if the racing was if we had to go racing this past weekend he'd be good to go on the gate and he would be uh, ready to rock or if it's next weekend or the month and a half away that it is he's ready to go and his, yeah. his focus is is the same what it was coming in there two years ago when he was given dylan you know fits and winning motos like he has no doubt in his mind that the perfect season will not happen this year yeah, that's fair, and that's fair to say. I mean, we haven't seen a healthy Jess um, in a while. I mean, he came in way behind the, you know, way behind last year. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to be great to start the year off, and he he wasn't right. I mean, obviously he got hurt at round two, again, but he was he was solid at Kamloops, but wasn't the raw you know Jess Pettis that we're used to seeing. Um, so I, I think his off season was good. Clearly. We talked about this on one of the shows well before Christmas, but, you know, he had that deal over in Germany to go go ride. It didn't, yeah. It didn't go well. <laughs> and he did the probably what we may think wasn't the right thing, but in his mind he did do the right thing. And, and looking back, it was. He, he pulled out. He didn't do any more races over there. Yeah. He needs to get healthy um, and put himself <clears throat> in situations to where, you know, let's face it, it's no secret. He's paid by KTM Canada. Um, he's paid to do these races as much as we want to see him chasing the, the, you know, the, the world dream or supercross or German supercross or whatever you want to call it. Um, the guys that are paying the bills are, are here for our series. So, yeah. uh, I think he needed to kind of take a reset and, and get a shit together. And, and it sounds like it's been going good. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the cool thing is, is, um, a healthy Jess Pettis is good for the series. Um, yeah. Right. And uh, and same with Moffenbeier, healthy Moffenbeier, because like what we saw last year when those guys weren't uh, well, Jess didn't even really get the race. Moff got hurt a little bit as well. The series was pretty quiet um, other than Tyler Medaglia. Right. Like there wasn't anybody even close to those two guys for the majority of the year um, until Tyler decided to ride a little bike at Walton there uh, kind of thing. And so, yeah, healthy Jess Pettis, healthy Sean Moffenbeier, I think needs good things for the series, good things for us watching the television show for racing to call and all that good stuff. And it was cool in the interview. We talked about it. And if you, you're, you're one of these guys, you know how good, um, although there's negatives on every side of it, but the family, we get into talking about the family and, and his, his dad, Doug and, and Betty mom, and then his sister now married to uh, the motocross racer in Florida and uh, motocross racer in Florida there. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now for some reason. Oof. The kid he raced in Canada. Yeah, now I can't think of it. Oh my God. I'm drawing a blank. Um, but, uh, you know, like it just in, inundated in moto, but he's, he was like, this is kind of a, a nice little reset. He goes, yeah, I've been hurt and I want to race, but I, I just, you know, I see a big perspective on things and, and a little bit of, of, of quiet time with my family and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I've just been race, race, race forever. And, but then he also touched, he's like, man, when I'm not doing it, it's, I miss it so much. Like I just, I, it's like, I don't know anything other than being at the track. And I think both myself and you, can share the same thing. Like you, when you're not at the track, it's almost like you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, no, totally. It's and almost I mean, that's, that's scary to think of, man. That's scary to think like that, especially at our age. Like I'm 45 now and I'm like, I can't be, I mean, obviously my job is inundated with the track and going to the tracks, but 
at some point it's going to stop and I'm going to be like, I don't, I don't want to work on my bathroom. I'm like, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a guy that works on shit. Oh, Hey, let's go out and, and clean up my truck and, and think, like stuff like that. Like I want to go to the track. That's where I live. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, that's, that's just what he grew up doing and what he knows. Right. So, you know, obviously he's been around for a long time and, and, you know, he, every year that goes by, he's getting a little bit older and, and I think we'll see a good Jess. I just hope he can make it to the first few rounds. I mean, there's no question. And I, I'm sure he would admit to this too, that he, he has had a long string of injuries, whether they were big or, and it seems like all the ones lately recently over the last few years have been big injuries. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, be good. And, and I do think that he is the one guy that can run Dylan's speed, right? On, yeah. on maybe not every given day, but um, there's moments where he he can he can be the guy. Um, interesting too. He is on the end of his two year uh, contract, so this is a big year uh, yeah. for him. And he's 25 years old, so he's not young by any means, but he's not and he's not older by any means, right? In that thick of the thing, so could be interesting to see. We might see a team change if things don't go well, or maybe like another couple years signing or whatever. Now that Dylan is locked in for three years. Um, the door is really open for uh, for other teams to maybe take a stab at a Pettis yeah. type racer. So it could be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and now that leads me into something that we talked about after the podcast that was done, and I, I told him about this, um, that I wanted to bring this up. So um, after Calgary last year um, at the Arena Cross Series, when he decided to come back at the end of the year, he had a bit of a rough go. And we here at CMXU, were. We were honest, but and also maybe a little bit rough on him, right? He did have a kind of a rough week, and he won some main events, was leading some main events, and had some crashes. And, of course, we share our opinion on That's our job here at the podcast, to do that and share opinion. And when it comes from Ryan Gold or Ryan Lockhart, it comes from knowledge. Um, both of us have been in those seats many times before where, you know, you're you know living the dream and, and sitting on the top of the mountain and then at the bottom mountain. And, and I can definitely tell stories where I've been in some unbelievable dark places where I was chasing a bottle or I was, you know, doing some narcotics when I shouldn't have been and, and not focusing on trying to get healthy again after being away from races. And, and uh, it, it really gets you. And, and Jess was feeling that same way. And he shared that with me that, you know, it was, he, he found it tough to listen to what we were saying because he was in a, in a bad place, right? He was, sort of still injured and he had those rough nights and I know new fear it, it sometimes, um, you know, we say things, but we say them out. Like I said, we out of experience, it's not out of love. Like we're not trying to love everybody, but it's out of experience, something like that. But sometimes you it, it get, you take it hard as well um, from saying things and you don't like it when they come back on us kind of thing like that. But he was, he was very respectful. He almost didn't want to do the interview yeah. because of what we said and i was after i said well hey man i really appreciate you doing that and then i explained to him i said you know this is your job sometimes it's gonna we're gonna say things that might be harsh but we've been there like it's not coming from just like to get hits or to get people to follow us we've been in these dark moments and everything he's like yeah and then i used the comparison of like what chase sexton's going through right now at the biggest stage in the world yeah. this guy's leading races and then boom the front end just disappears on him and you know whether it's the mathis or the vital mx's or whatever it is doing podcasts they're like this is bad. This is bad for Chase Sexton. This does not yeah. look good. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he gets up every weekend and goes through it. And Jess is like, yeah, I get it. And it's in those moments sometimes we can definitely say some things. But, again, it's not like they're a loser or you fucking suck and you should sell your fucking bike and give up fucking racing. It comes from an ex- experience that we've, uh, we've shared. And I think that's one thing that we can we can tout on this show. News like we've been there, done this, and know what these riders are going through. Yeah, for sure, and 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 you and I talk, had a good conversation about this on on 
Thursday, I think it was, and after the the interview and and everything like that, and it's and like I had said, my my opinion on everything, like what we're talking about, yeah, it can. Be, I mean, like you just said, we've been shit talked tons, and we're not shit talking. We're sharing our opinion, and we're trying to give our viewers like some you know real information and and everything like that. And it, this doesn't anything that we have negative to say, whether it's against. Jess Pettis, it's not a negative, it's just like the situation. It's our take, it's an opinion. It's, a take, it's, yes. it's our take in the moment that we're watching. Yeah. And and we might go from one weekend of being like, oh man, Pettis was really off this weekend and he didn't, you know, he looked like he got tired out there to he goes and wins and then all we're doing is praising him. It does not mean that we're ship jumpers, we're just sharing our take on the individual weekend or the situation or, or something like that. But I think in Canada especially it it can become a little more sensitive for these guys because there hasn't been a platform where you know there's guys that are sharing the truth about what's what's going on it's no different what i just said about Ryder mcnab do i think Ryder mcnab is going to have maybe a slow start that's just my opinion does it mean that i don't like him i think that his fucking career is over no absolutely not <laughs> he's a phenomenal talent and he's a you know he's he he's a diamond in the rough, right? So it's just in the in the situation, and it can become awkward. And and I, you're much more thick skinned than I am in a sense, and we all know that. But it it does become a little bit awkward because, like, if we have something that maybe Jess doesn't like to say, Jess is a friend of mine, a personal friend. I've sponsored him for years with different things and a working relationship. I don't want it to be awkward in the pits, you know what I mean? Like, or I, we see these guys a lot in the summertime and, um, you know, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe this is the Canadian way. We all want to be buddies with everybody, but Kumbaya. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> Kumbaya. yeah, like I said, I think it, there is some adjustment, whether it's the riders, Goldie, the mechanics, the teams, there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period that, there is a, a, a you know bi-weekly podcast that we're sharing our thoughts, our takes, whether it's me, you, or Ken. It's not that we're – we don't hate any of these guys or no, not wish ill on any of them. I mean, obviously, we were – you know, last summer, we were really hard on the, that whole Cole Thompson thing. It's not like we don't hate the guy. Like, it's just we're just sharing what the truth is. We don't want to – you know, do a, a an hour and a half long podcast and be like, yeah, everything was fucking great this weekend. Everyone rode awesome. Everyone has a big yeah. heart. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Nobody's going to listen to that. <laughs> no, right? yeah. no. And, and I think that's a great point. Like you said, and, and we're not going to be vanilla. We're not going yeah. to be Switzerland down the middle. We are going to make hard takes and, and make judgments on things because like I said, we've done it, man. I raced pro for 30 or for yeah. 20, uh, 20 years. And new yeah. still races a pro. I race locally pro and, you know what I mean? Like we've put in the trenches yeah. and, and if people want to ask and like, you've never been there or things like that. Some of these younger guys, I'm like, buds, I've got some stories that will blow your fucking mind <laughs> of the, of some roads that I went down um, because of things. And even back then, like new, if you remember, we obviously didn't have social media or anything, but in 1999, actually it was 98, 98, the CMRC magazine came out. Yeah. And then 99 motocross unplugged came out. Those are the only two, yeah. sort of media avenues, and I don't remember if you ever had anything, but almost every time that I got something put in there, and I would probably make it on my own, it was a negative comment, and the reason was negative is because that the people that were behind writing stuff knew that I was more talented, and I should have been doing 
the work and I should have been getting more out of the, of the sport that I was doing because I was so such a good racer, but yeah. I would rather chase chicks and get drunk and, yeah. and shit yeah. than stay focused on beating Blair Morgan and JSR and all these things that most people thought that I was a better rider then, but I didn't take it serious. Like it's like a raw machine type atmosphere for me, you know, and it put me in some dark ass places, man. I hated these people. And those were written, those were written in a magazine that came out, months after these events after the fact, yeah. you know now it's in the moment like if you if you crash on the track crash. and you're leading the race you know look at um devin smith at the yeah. incident at sandalee with with sebastian racine it, that was an absolute horrific moment for him it's a bummer we brought it up we talked about it but by all means is that he should not quit racing or anything like that it was just a racing incident where he made a mistake yeah and mistakes happen but now it's on social, it's on TV, and it's yeah. going to be talked about in podcasts. But by all means, that does not mean you, you – like, take this as, like, you know, sometimes if we say these things, again, we're going to dig for the truth, and we're going to we're gonna say the right things. And sometimes it might be come across as harsh. But if you're one of those riders that gets sensitive, use it as fuel. Yeah. Say, you know, what the fuck, I did make that mistake or whatever it is. And, of course, if we come across as total dickheads, I think either one of us would call each other out. You know what I mean? Like, we wouldn't be like, yeah, you're, you're going a little far. Or, that would most likely be me. That's not going to be new for Ken. But, like, like, we're not looking to bury things, but we are looking to make sure that people enjoy the listening. And our takes are coming from a place of, of, of no. Like, we know what we're talking about. It isn't Switzerland. We don't need to make sure that you're giving us a Christmas card or your mom or dad or buying us a bottle of whiskey for saying something nice about their son or daughter at the races. Man, we're going to do the hard takes. It's something that's uh, like you said, Noof, um, people are going to get used to, and and um, you know it might take a slow approach for some. But as of right now, like we we've got a great build going here. We got some great listens. We got some great sponsors, and we're not going anywhere. Um, you know, it's hard for us to find the timing, yeah. <laughs> all right, for everybody yeah. to get doing it. But we're not going anywhere. And and I, I think the positives coming out of what's happening right now are really getting some traction. And uh, we're going to keep doing it, man. And, and, you know, we've got some great ideas coming ahead for things like that. And uh, hopefully the riders will listen and, and join in. But, yeah, sometimes they're not going to like it, Noof, and I know that's going to bug you. And I'm going to bug you about it all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah, that is true. And, and also, too, is like something that I'm learning is that, you know, sometimes we catch wind of, you know, a situation or a scenario. And 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 in myself maybe i don't do enough digging on it and uh and and i comment on it on here and it maybe it's not the right thing to do but we're just you know we're trying our best <laughs> i'm trying my best right hey it's okay for people to get upset just know we're doing our job and, and that's what it is and if it gets upset usually right when someone gets upset when you're poking that fire probably means that they're in the wrong yeah. yeah, or yeah. usually, usually it does. Like when someone grinds my gears, it means I've fucked up probably because I'm yeah. getting mad at it. And if we haven't picked up the phone and we say something about somebody and there is a different side to it, pick up the phone and let us know, and then we'll talk about it on the next show, right? I mean, yeah, we, exactly. We had yeah. the same situation with Mr. Cole Thompson this year. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, as much as we shit on him, he he, he picked he up was, the phone. He picked up the phone and fucking said it the way that he saw it, and and at the end of the day, we had to respect that in a sense, right? So. Yeah. Um, he had the balls to pick it up. Some people would have just been like, fuck, these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, but he picked up the phone because he wanted to shed some clarity on it. And, um, you know, I still think it is what it is. But like I said, he had the balls to pick it up, and we agreed to disagree at the end of it. And maybe that can happen again, right? But uh, 
it was nice that Jess said that, right? I think that's yeah. healthy. That's healthy, right? So, uh, it's 100%. You know, and he gave us the respect because he wanted to do the interview. And he, he actually shared about some other media groups. He's like, man, I fucking don't like this. And I'm like, well, hey, you know, pick your poison. Uh, but like I said, with myself and Noof, um, we've been there and done that. Like, this isn't just some some gimmicky thing coming across, right? We've been in the trenches and been in the dark times and the frustrations and everything. And we know that. And that's why we want to do this. I want to build this thing, uh, kind of thing. A uh, question for you: Why do you call him Mister Cole Thompson? I don't know. It just came out. I'm, I'm like, not all <laughs> right now, so. you're still, you're still doozy, dizzy, doozy, and dizzy. dizzy. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Ken? There, I know. Again, you're not feeling great, but just get, you know, you're, you're new to this. You brought myself yeah. and Noob together with your idea, you know. But uh, there might be times this summer where if people, you know, I'm going to say, hey, everybody, this is Ken, and introducing Ken and stuff like that, and they might be like, yeah, fuck you, Ken. <laughs> yeah probably but um like you said it when it's coming from you too it's it's okay for you guys to talk about the riding i try not to ever really talk about the riding because i'm i'm not a racer i've never done anything like that takeouts and things like that i can give my opinion on that because i've watched enough racing and i follow it close enough that i, I kind of know what's acceptable and stuff like that but yeah there's gonna be lots of things uh there's more people to piss off in the industry than just riders and stuff so i'm gonna probably be talking about tracks and certain events like we'll see how this edmonton thing goes there might be something to talk about there so yeah uh, sure. i'm ready for it i guess uh, nobody really knows me so i'm i'm kind of lucky that way where <laughs> kettle just yeah. kettle wear a mask and all the races point, <laughs> yeah. point the finger in mine or noob's direction yeah that's right. i had this cover this is this, this takes a little bit off topic but golly i want to get your opinion on this because you're a promoter obviously with ammo in ontario and and, uh, you know, obviously we out here in BC, we had to make, and I had a conversation with a few people this weekend, just bullshitting around the campfire, but we had to make the tough decision by canceling our first outdoor round, which was supposed to be this past weekend. Um, because we were supposed to, the weather we we're calling for torrential downpours, 150 mils of rain. The track would have been unrideable. Yeah. You know, we, we had to make, I called you. I, I mean, I got people's opinion yeah. that I trust in the industry and what to do? What's the best decision we can make here to to try to please the most amount? You're never going to please everybody, but so we posted this, and and you get people going on there. What the fuck? This is motocross, like blah blah blah. And it it sucks because it's like I look at it that I've been racing motocross for 30 years. Uh, I've traveled around the world. I've been involved. I'm I'm embedded in the sport. Why can't whether it's me making the decision or you, Galdi, in Ontario, why can't these guys look? Because we're running good events. Everybody's happy when they're there. Why can't they look and go, oh, shit, man, that must have been, okay, well, we respect the decision. But people don't do that anymore. It's like they, they're they pissed that the race is canceled, but guess what? They would have been pissed when we were there and they spent $1,000 to get there and then cancel the fucking race. It's like why can't you just trust people's decisions that are at the higher up that are making these calls and yeah, it's a fucking bummer. But at the end of the day, it's the decision that we've made. We didn't cancel it because we felt like canceling it. It's business. This is, um, you know, the races, you know, our business ran the way that you got, you do it and the way that we do it out here. It's got to make sense. Right. So 100%. Like you can't, it, it, stores just don't close up. Ah, we just don't want to work today. You want to make money. It is a business. Yeah. You're in a business to make money as well. So canceling an event is harsh on, Everybody, it doesn't just think, but I honestly just think, I think that's just people nowadays. And if I just think sometimes people just, 
have uh, aren't having good enough things in their own time or lives or whatever, where they just need to take a little poke and shit on something else. Yeah. Um, I don't know if these people were doing this face to face at the fire or if it was just online. No, it's because just online. It's just so online. that's even that's yeah. the best, right? That's the, they won't do it to your face. Yeah, you know they can do it online, and that's that you know the the, the tough guy keyboard thing or whatever. And again, hey, more power to you. You can say whatever you want. That's what these platforms are for. But like Newt just said, these decisions aren't made to fuck you over. No. <laughs> They're made out of respect. For the money it costs to come to the events now, respect for the facility, respect for the business. It is the smart way to do it moving forward. That it has nothing to do with trying to say motocrosses are weak now and you're all a bunch of pussies. Why don't we ride? Yeah. It's like we're doing a better, making a better decision, moving, getting ahead of a, a perceived problem. And Noof, how was it down your way this weekend? Was it just gross? Oh, like, my the God, weather, it was, the weather yeah, did exactly it was- what it said. It was. Uh, it did for once in the world. It did exactly yeah. what it said, if not worse. The forecast actually got worse as days went on because, wow. I mean, it could have gone the other way at the same time. But there comes a point where you got to make a decision of what you're going to do to try to. It's not like it was back in the old days where gas was fifty cents a liter and dirt bikes were three thousand dollars and 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 stuff. It, it's. It's a different world that we're out. Whether it's right or wrong, that's that's for whoever to decide. But it would have been unrideable. So, do you make everybody take a loss? Do you make the track take a loss, the promoter take the loss, yeah. and the riders take the loss by going and then canceling it Saturday morning? No, you yeah. don't do that anymore, man. No. Like, it, we can get ahead of it. Yeah, you get ahead of it. Cut your losses before there's actual losses. And yeah. uh, Anyways, it, it wasn't a huge, it wasn't like... No, it was probably four or five people, Yeah, but it's, you know, it's funny, I do that all the time, and you have a thousand that love it, and you got four or five that don't, and it's those ones yeah. that get under your skin, because it's like, yeah. fuck, man, are you serious? Yeah. Like, are you just, like, why are you that person, or why yeah. do you have to say that? Like, what's, why do you take that three seconds to post on the Facebook or whatever? Like, what the fuck does it matter? Like, yeah. what is it, why do you get that? I, I 100%, but and I guess it, it is, it's, right? It's, it's probably more irritating too, Galdi, because we know all these people, right? It's like. Exactly. You're going to see them on the track. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, this is the best event. We love you, man. We love you. And then they'll be blipping and chirping on a social post. Yeah. It's just, that's just the nature of it. But I, I'm on the same boat. I get frustrated with that. And you just want to tee them up and be like, you know, what dude just take your money and don't come then like don't don't support us if you don't if you can't respect what we do then just don't come like that's you know i I did that a couple times last year there's a couple uh people at the track i went to my ammo trailer i took the cash that they paid i gave it to them i said here's your money don't fucking come i go look at how many other people out here are having a good time if you want to be the one bad apple just because then fucking go home find another fucking series man most most of the time these people that are complaining on social media because we canceled the race they would have been complaining that to cancel the race once they were there and seen the conditions, right? Yeah. Like those are that's yeah. what you're doing. Hundred percent. Well, that's a good note to end it right there, boys. That's another solid show. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Bristol Coachworks once again, KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, uh, Race Tech Inc., and Charlie Johnson Racing Suspension. Uh, big shout out to those guys, Noof. I wish you luck on putting some powder on your bum this week. Make sure you look after that soft little <laughs> tuckus ears and get your bike back fitting. So you can get and, and chase that dream again here coming up in a couple weeks for your races. I know that you're going to – you're taking racing serious again this year, man. It's another new beginning, and uh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and Ken, um, you know, just fucking be stronger. Stop being so weak. <laughs> Stop being so weak. Okay. <laughs> to get this guy some vitamins. We yeah, no kidding. Vitamins, Are they – no daylight savings and no vitamins. Well, there's, there's no daylight here is the problem. I don't get any sunlight. 
Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, hey, boys, another good time. I'm going to go out and do some Easter Monday things here with family. I hope you guys had a great happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody yeah, that, that listens. And hey, uh, wait, wait, one oh, last thing. Go ahead. One last thing that I feel we should touch on. Rest in peace, Josh DeMuth. Oh, oh yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yes. Very sad. Close, well, not a close friend, but a friend of mine and a friend of Galdi's over yeah. the years. And uh, fucking terrible. Sad. Yeah, news. terrible news on that one for sure. Rest in peace. Godspeed to a, a hell of a guy, man. Um, you, you know, you look at him, you would have thought he would have been one of the gnarliest, meanest guys ever. But fuck, he was so down to earth and just a great heart and a great guy. And a tough loss. R.I.P. Josh DeMuth. Big time. All right, there we go, boys. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, Kenny. Yeah, uh, you thanks, bet. boys. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Fly safe, all that good shit, boys. Cheers. Okay, see you, guys. See you later. Bye.